Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Sophie Lee. The girl that most of you will know for surviving a freak burn accident and sharing her story to motivate others. This conversation goes a little deeper than what Sophie usually shares. We start at the very beginning of Sophie's childhood and the things that she's faced as a kid that have really built the foundations of how she's been able to remain so grounded and inspirational. She's someone who's wildly self-aware and someone who has strength and resilience that I don't really think I've ever seen before. Sophie is someone who started to build a career through social media and influencing. We had a really good conversation about who Sophie really is away from the cameras and how her journey's gone from being someone who was a bit more materialistic to stripping it all back and just sharing the raw and authentic version of herself. We go on to talk about the pressure that all of that comes with and how to strip it back to just being yourself. Plus we touched on celibacy, relationships and a load of other stuff that we face every day as women just trying to figure it out. Here's Sophie's version of beauty. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, Sophie. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm even better Good. than I'm here. I know. <laughs> We're sat in my flat, um, new flat in Manchester. Um, yeah, so it's a bit makeshift, but it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, how are you? How are you doing? I'm really good, you know. Yeah? I'm in a place of peace. That's good. And I think for my first, the first time in my adult life, yep. I feel content. Nice. Oh, let's dig into that in a bit. Yeah, but yeah, it's really nice to be able to say that. Because mm-hmm. I think I've always had something come up or something been on my mind or something's not, you know, right for me at that time. But I feel like yeah. right now I'm just allowing everything to be as is. Yeah. It feels really good. That's cool. Okay, let's... We'll unpick that journey because I like that. Mm-hmm. And I think contentment is something that a lot of people strive for. I feel like happiness... 
is, but I feel like contentment should be what people strive for. Yeah, because happiness, just me, I thought I found happiness. Yeah. And it was just emptiness, if anything. Yeah, that's interesting. It was just really empty and there were things that I thought brought value to me, but really they didn't bring anything. Yeah. And it brought me more worries because yeah, I yeah. just thought, oh, why am I not happy? Why have I got this and this? And yeah. I should be happy right now. Yeah. Whereas right now I'm at the most stripped back version of me. And it's just I really love this. Nice. I love it. Okay, let's hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Let's go back a little bit and start with your upbringing because you're originally from Blackburn. Yes. Yeah. I'm from a teeny little town called Darwin mm-hmm. with Blackburn in Lancashire. And um, when I was born, I was a few months old. My parents started a family business. So I lived and was raised by my grandparents in China. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I lived there until I was four years old. Okay. And then I came back to England to start school. Um, and you know what? That was, I think, my first memory of the real world. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I'd lived in a bubble for yeah. so long. And I was so... How so? How do you mean? I was just faced with a lot of um, racial bullying. And it was my first kind of insight of me being different. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you're younger, your mum and dad, they just love you. Obviously, they love you unconditionally. Your family will love you, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whatever you choose to do, whatever you want to do, dressing up, do you know what I mean? Singing the house down. Yeah. They just love you. Yeah. But when you go to school or nursery, it's a jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you are literally fending for yourself for the first time. Are your parents both Chinese heritage? Yes. Oh, okay, fine. So my mum's from Hong Kong. And yep. my dad's from China. Okay. Um, growing up, I spoke Chinese. My mum, she moved to Manchester when she first came over to England. So mm-hmm. she's quite westernised and yep. she speaks English. But raising us, she wanted us to, you know, be proud of our heritage and know our heritage. So we spoke Cantonese at home. And oh, okay. then when I went to school, I spoke um, English. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So going to school and then you that was your first kind of experience of? Yeah, so one thing happened, right? I had a group of friends. Yeah. And remember when you'd swap gel pens? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You'd just do some, like, I don't know why we did that, but we were just always hanging out, swapping things. Like, you use this today, I use this today. And one day I went to school and they didn't want to be around me anymore. Like, literally, that group of friends that I Mm. had, just didn't want to sit next to me, didn't want to borrow my shoes, didn't want to, you know, mm. let my cardigan. Yeah. And I was thinking, all right, maybe we're not doing that today. Yeah. And it came to like lunchtime and I wanted to sit with them, meet with them. And they were like, well, you can't sit with us because you've got chinky gems. <sighs> yeah. Now, eight-year-old me, yeah. I thought I was sick. Like, I thought I was ill. I yeah. was so upset. I was literally like, oh, I need to go home. Like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. Had your parents ever discussed the potential of someone saying something about you or your ethnicity or... Well, I think me looking back now, if I was raising a kid, I didn't think I'd have to explain it at eight years old. Yeah, yeah, You know, you think that children are a lot... Well, I see now as an adult that it was actually the parents because children don't learn. Children aren't racist. You're not born racist. Yeah. You learn it that is from your somewhere. Parent, yeah, yeah. Or you pick that up from somewhere. And yeah. it, it literally happened overnight. So it must have been a conversation yeah. with 
one parent and their child and then yeah. that child went to, went to school and probably said it to the group of friends and then yeah. everyone just latched onto it yeah you know like oh you've got germs and for me that was so hurtful oh, because yeah? it was something that i couldn't change it was my skin yeah it was how i looked yeah. i was born like this there was like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me no uh, like so I, I was so confused and yeah i told my parents like i went and she went home crying. Oh. My mum picked me up and I was crying. I told my mum. Yeah. And I just explained it really, you know, innocently, like I would. And her face, I will never forget her face. Her face was like, yeah. like the expression just got like, what? like what? Yeah. As more as I was explaining the story. So she marched into school, spoke to the headmistress, demanded to have like a meeting. Yeah. And got all the parents and the, and the kids in. And literally sat everyone down and told them what racism was. Yeah. And well, as she should. Yeah. Like, you know, big up to Ange. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you go, Ange. Yeah, yeah. My mum, she was raised in my side. Yeah. And she didn't have parents. She was adopted. Yeah. So for her, she's always fended for herself. So obviously, now her baby's eight years old. Yeah. And this happens. She's going yeah. into protective mum mode. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand. Yeah. yeah. You know, back then I was a bit like, I want to say embarrassed. I just think, I was like, why is this such a scene? Like, I'm not well. Like, why is yeah. everyone in a scene? Yeah, yeah. I've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think looking back, like, I'm sad that I had, I, I felt like that at times. Yeah. Because I should have been proud <clears throat> of that. And anyone watching or anyone listening, I hope that you are proud of who you are. Yeah what ethnicity you know whatever background you come from yeah we don't come from privilege we don't come from money we come from a working class background yeah dad, you know they are first generation immigrants to england and yeah from nothing yeah so that is such an achievement to work so hard to be able to give a better life for yeah your children yeah um uh, and yeah that was like my first inkling into the real world yeah 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 <laughs> i was thinking oh shit this is real life <laughs> yeah She's not real but actually if you think that's a real that's really young to feel like that and i guess like a part of you had to grow up pretty quickly and yeah. gain a thick skin pretty quickly because that's when you're eight years old all you want to play is kiss catch yeah all you want to play is yeah. let's swap crayons yeah not yeah yeah you are this and you are that and you yeah. are this where you i think for me it triggered that whole identity issue the yeah identity crisis of why do i not look the same yeah and it did kind of spiral me into when i went to high school so i was the only one to leave my primary school to go to this high school that mm-hmm. i went to and again i was the only chinese girl yeah so every um development in life so like after high school went to dance college i was the only one to go to dance college so yeah. i had to make new friends every single time yeah um i remember being in school i bleached my hair blonde because i wanted to be I hate like it's so sad to say but i just wanted to be white i just i just wanted to be white basically God. like i just wanted to be the white girl that everyone that's making me so emotional that's so that's sad though isn't it because that's not that's not come from you that's yeah. come from what you're being told which mm. is I, I awful used to, like smother myself in fake tan mm, i used God. to just i just wanted to be anything but myself 
Jesus, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. and it was something that I think after, like, the scene, it's not a scene, but, like, that incident in primary school, mm-hmm. just didn't want to tell my mum again. Yeah. Because I didn't want her to, wait, make a scene again. Like, yeah. I sort of, I made a scene, yeah. not this is an issue that, yeah. you know, I shouldn't have to be faced with. Yeah, so, you carried that weight. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, Growing up was tough because I had Sophie who go back to China and be with my grandparents and I was in a bubble and yeah. they were, she, my grandmother was my biggest inspiration. She yeah. wanted me to be everything I wanted to be. She yeah. was so free thinking. She was so like a grandmother. Yeah. I remember my dad telling me that my grandma was so harsh on all her kids <laughs> and when they had like grandkids. It was like, you can have anything you want. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that with your so grandparents. Yeah. So typical of like yeah. grandparents to be yeah. like that. And like, when your parents say, they were so strict with us and now you can have anything you want. <laughs> but your dad was like, <laughs> dad was like, God's sake, my mom is spoiling my kids. When we were younger, we weren't even allowed to like go here and do yeah, this. Yeah, and yeah. my yeah. grandma was just, you know, she would make costumes for me she'd make my clothes yeah. she's a seamstress so I've always been brought up being very theatrical um, yeah. and that's kind of where my like dancing roots were embedded in me yeah yeah um, and at such a young age when I took up dancing I think that um was my escape it was my kind of therapy mm-hmm. because I was just allowed to be who I wanted to be yeah um and I worked so hard to make mum and dad proud because I wanted to feel worthy yeah. if that made sense at a yeah. young age yeah. I think even now I carry that that yeah. I just want to be the best that I can be yeah. in everything I do um, I think that's a good thing I think that's a positive mm. thing though maybe it might have started coming from a negative place yeah. but I think it's a good it's why wouldn't you want to be the best that you can yeah. be like why would you not want to be it's, that and I best yeah like, i want everyone to exceed their own limits like limitations yeah, yeah. and expectations yeah. of themselves because i believe in you yeah yeah you know like yeah. I, I see so much potential in people and if you put your mind to something you really can achieve everything you want yeah um it's just a matter of are you willing to sacrifice and work hard for it yeah and i think fear comes into that a lot like sure. once you drop that shield of fear yeah. You can be a ho- you can mm. be whatever you want to be, yeah. can't you? I feel like I still have that fear, yeah, and that also comes from my ego because I masked that fear with ego. Yeah, like I did a different, um, I did another show and I was just explaining like I think as I've come into my career and adult life, there's Soph who dealt with the accident and dealt with a lot of my traumas, yeah, and there's Sophie Lee. Mm-hmm. So like right now I'm just sat with Soph, you know, just me. Um, yeah. and she's content she's happy because she's dealt with so much and then yeah. there's Sophie Lee that's like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah and it, it took a long time for me to adjust but I think that is a healthy way for me to balance work and my private yeah. life yeah my actual life I think that's a hard I was going to say we'll come back to it but let's stay mm. on it because I think it's interesting when you dive into that mm. it's a balance of who are you and is it okay to be an elevated version of yourself? Yeah. And I think 
I don't know what your thoughts are, but mm-hmm. my response to that is as long as you know you're being an elevated yeah. version of yourself and, and you're comfortable with who you are at home, mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah. So it took me a long while to separate the two. Yeah. It was only when I had an accident that it humbled me so much to separate the two. Yeah. Because Sophie Lee, the fire performer, doing all this, whatever, is not going to help you get out of this mental headspace when mm-hmm. I'm in the hospital bed. Yeah. I literally had to strip it right back down to just me. Did you realise that before the accident or afterwards? Definitely afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Because, I, because I put that armour on. Yeah. I think as I started to dip my toes into my career, into the real world and, mm-hmm. you know, being a performer, that character overshadowed my whole life. Yeah. Because every single day was being a performer, being this, being on stage, stepping as this and... I was in a way scared to be Soph because Soph was never accepted. Soph was yeah. never the pretty girl. Soph was never not the Chinese girl. I was never I was yeah. never in my eyes good enough. But yeah. Sophie Lee, who was on stage, you know, she did a good job. Yeah. She was good at what she did and she was passionate and she was confident. Yeah. And I wanted to I started to want to be that all the time. Yeah. But I will admit now, you know, it brought out some not nice traits in me. Yeah, yeah. It's only when I had my accident, when I had lost everything, um, that the only person that I could be was Soph. Yeah. Let's, I think we will come back to that, but let's, mm-hmm. we've talked about the accident, but for anyone that doesn't know, so you, let's go to the journey of yes. before the so accident and school. you were done. Yeah. And... During this time, like I said, I had a really troubled time. Mm-hmm. I was a bit of a clown. I wasn't good in school. I was just, I was just trying to be the, the funny one because I yeah. was an academic. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, like I just did some pretty big shit. <laughs> like, like I look back and I just think, what a menace. You know? <laughs> I think that's fun though. <laughs> yeah, like I look back now into. Like the things that I did, I'm like, yeah, you're a menace, but also you go girl because it let, yeah. it, it let you be free thinking and wild. Yeah. And yeah. It, I didn't really care what people thought of me at that point. Yeah. I just wanted to just be like a little bit crazy. Yeah. So I, I also think see, it lets your personality flourish. Like maybe yeah. it's not in the best way at times, but I think yeah. it's fun. Like yeah, you can sure. take yourself too seriously. Mm, for sure. Especially because, like I said, I didn't play the role of in every sports team yeah in, like I wasn't the pretty pretty girl I wasn't like the popular girl yeah I was just the girl that just threw herself into <laughs> dancing and her passion yeah. so comedy in a way was how I just sailed through yeah <laughs> sailed through high school yeah um and so when I left there I wanted to pursue a career in dance and performing arts mm-hmm. so I missed one of my GCSE rounds to audition for dance college yeah i was 15 so i was the youngest ever to audition for dance college because mm-hmm. everyone there it, they took it as like a private further education yeah. so it was like <clears throat> 18 19 year olds so it was like okay. uni. yeah mm. and, and i remember i got my letter to see if i was accepted or not and i gave it to my dance teacher i didn't open it and i was <laughs> I bet though when something means so much to you you're like I was thinking I don't get in now I've got no GCSEs <laughs> I'm not going to a uni I sacrificed a yeah, lot for this sacrificed so much <laughs> and I'm now going to hand up this piece of paper that is going to be like 
yeah or no yeah. you know so i'm yeah. like there you go yeah um luckily got in yay yes um and then i did three years living away so i'd live away for half a week and then i'd come back home and work that mm-hmm. was my first time getting like a retail job like yeah. i worked at select you remember select <laughs> love select I, girl, I used that to was eve tamira like, yeah oh, i used to sell three pairs of leggings for eight pounds <laughs> you know what i mean like that was me <laughs> those were the days <laughs> yeah um i do that and then um when i turned 18 finally i got a job as a shop girl and then i was on market street data collection I was okay. the annoying, yeah, I was the annoying girl with the clipboard being like, <laughs> hi, can I have your number and email? <laughs> People would just literally look at me and just dart the opposite direction. I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I basically was like, hi, I'm from EE, would you like to over? Like, no. Um, and then I got a job in a, like, in Tesco's, Morrison's, Asda's. Okay giving out samples of food <laughs> that was actually a really good job that was like a really good job because i got snacks loud like, like, yeah. like eat the samples yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i'm talking this was like a nine hour shift and your girl <laughs> i was bored like it was it, I, they always put me on like the most draining shift like on a sunday afternoon when it was just old people like no disrespect to old people with all due respect but you got you guys move slow do you know what i mean i'm like do you want a sample or not <laughs> mary it's soup do you, just, do, you, do you want it do you want it or not you know dinner yeah i just remember like the best times were christmas time because they put out like shots of Baileys and I'm just like, oh, one for you, two for me. Chin, chin, chin. Hilarious. Might as well try it before you buy it. <laughs> yeah, that was like me. And then at the end of the day, all the samples that didn't get sold or like the product that was open, you can take home or like you meant to discard it. I'd take it home. Yeah. I'd make sure like I low-key opened the screw even though I didn't pour any of mine. Oh, well, it's open now. <laughs> you gotta take it. I'm gonna have to take this big bottle of vodka home. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> it's just gonna go in the bin. <laughs> so I was doing that. So I've always had a really strong work ethic. Yeah. Like I've always been taught from my parents because they didn't have money. That yeah. Nothing in this life is gonna come free to you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you need to make your own way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think at that time I was really focused on where I needed to be, but also very confused with who I was. Yeah. Because I was going through dance college and it was really bitchy. Like, yeah. Really bitchy. God, I can imagine. Yeah, girl. Like, yeah. bad. And I, I, it's like I reflect so much now. And I just think, you know what, you young girls, like, what are you going to expect? Mm-hmm. Everyone in there just wants to be the best. And yeah. everyone in there probably come from a dance school where they are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you are now the big fish. In a t- in, you are the small fish. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, you've gone from being the big fish to the small fish where yeah. everyone's in the same pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I get it now, but, girl, it was a jungle. Like, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it was a jungle. I can imagine. <laughs> like, I went from being good to being, like, I'm actually really shit at dancing. <laughs> that cannot be true that is not true everyone was so good but it pushed me to be better I do believe in like you've got to be around good 
or better people to yeah. to push yourself. I fully love that. Yeah, I love that. That really is something I implement now in business or mm-hmm. in every aspect of my life. I really um, respect anyone who's doing better than me. Yeah. Because yeah. I see it as my inspiration and it motivates yeah. me to, you know, be on that level. And there must be a reason that you're in this room. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. instead of yeah. envying them, learn from them. Yeah. It's a growth opportunity. Yeah. Always. Girl, it is. I love that. It always is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that probably, you know, anyone who's been successful now, this is their day 800 and something. Yeah. I'm probably on my day three of yeah, my yeah, journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can't compare. Yeah. It's, 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 everyone's got room for each other yeah. to learn yeah. from each other. Yeah, defo. So, yeah. So, you were in dance college mm-hmm. and then... I left dance college. Okay. At 18, 19. Three years, so 19. Mm-hmm. And I went to, like, the real world now. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to dance on cruise ships. I wanted to, like, be in a Chris Brown music video. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just... It was very me, me, me. Mm-hmm. I think dancing is a very, like, solo sport. Yeah. It's you versus you. Yeah. And all these other girls that want your job. So yeah. you've got to be the best. Yeah. And no one can be, you know, doing this job for you. You've got to be yeah, basically yeah. like an athlete. Yeah. You know? So um, I would get the £5 mega bus at 3am from Shude Hill to go to London and then Gosh. go to Covent Garden um an audition at pineapple studios yeah and i did that many a time many times i've been not back and they wouldn't they couldn't find someone who matched me or i wasn't good enough or there was someone just better than me mm-hmm. and it all those knockdowns i'm not gonna lie it hurt yeah <laughs> like, it really yeah hurt. yeah well of course it would because it's like something you're passionate about right mm. so i decided to learn a new skill and that's how i learned fire mm-hmm. so i trained to do fire and as I trained in stilts, algal grinding. Honestly, my parents were just like, You don't want to be a brain surgeon, he's too short. <laughs> do you not want to take this back a few notches and yeah. just do something that doesn't involve anything flammable? Yeah. yeah. I was like, No, I don't really <laughs> want to do this. This is kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I was good at it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I developed my skills. Mm-hmm. I became um, a full-time fire performer in literally like the space of a few months. Mm-hmm. I went from dancing and just doing non-fire jobs to fire being my sole job. Okay. Um, and an opportunity came forward where it was a um, a charity event in Chicago. Mm-hmm. To perform and I thought this will be a great experience it'll yeah. be good to see the world it'd be good yeah. to be an international performer so I took on the job and it's crazy because this happened on April Fool's Day it's accident yeah God. and that was the day of my performance so yeah guys if you need me on April Fool's Day <laughs> don't <laughs> I'm gonna be sat in my house the door's gonna be locked changed up cooking no food no candles are getting lit. I'm just ordering my delivery room and I'm going to lay there just and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was performing my set. Yeah. I'd done my safety checks, mm-hmm. really intricate safety checks. And it was a freak accident. So I still to this day, no one will have a full answer for me of what happened. Yeah. It happened all just 
out of the blue so fast. Um, but I think it was from the air vents. Someone must have turned it on. It must have got hot in the venue. And when I was blowing the fire, the wind from that vent blew the fire back to my face and God. set me on fire from the chest up to near enough just below my eyes. So how does it catch? Because it's... It's from the excess paraffin. Paraffin, okay. Mm -hmm. So the excess drippage of yeah. the um, of the of the flammable liquid, obviously that I put in my mouth, leaked as I was blowing the fire. God. Um, and yeah, it just set me on fire. Basically, dousing yourself yeah. in flammable liquid, and then obviously you're set on fire. Yeah. Um, I had to remain calm, but on the inside, honestly. It was like Armageddon. Like, it was like the end of the world happening in my head. Yeah. I was just thinking, this is it. This is the end. And it's in full-blown, live and direct, on stage, happening. God. I, I think I just went into full-on survival mode. In fact, mm -hmm. I never went into survival mode. Because there's some yeah. parts of it that I think, that actually happened. Do you know, one of my questions to you mm. was going to be, do you look back at it and think like, not that it's not your life, but like it's you almost like numb to it now because it's yeah. so much of a part of you and you talk about, like you talk about it so easy, obviously because mm. it's you and it's a part of you and it's it's a lot of what you yeah. publicly speak about now. But I'm almost like, are you numb to it a bit? I think part of me... Um... I think I've gone through stages of being numb. Mm -hmm. I went through a stage of mourning. So yeah. I mourned my old self. Yeah. Obviously, the image of myself and just what I knew was life. Mm. Um, and that kind of numbed me to not think about it. Yeah. And then when my physical health got a lot better, this is what I mean by like I'm content. Yeah. Because I've had to deal with so many different aspects of yeah. thinking that I'm happy because yeah. I was filling a void. Yeah. But every time I filled a void, I ran away from something else. Yeah. And then the void came back. So as I mourned the old life that I had, my physical health was my main priority. That's why it was like an easy distraction, so to say. Yeah. Um, and I when you say physical it. health, do you mean, I'm guessing the answer to this might be both, but do you mean... Physical as in appearance or physically fit? Yeah, as in like my actual health. Yeah. So, um, because of the healing process and how I am genetically mm -hmm. and my skin type, um, I grew a tumour as a yeah. result of my um, the, the genes within yeah. me healing. How long you were, were you in hospital? So in America, I was in hospital for a month mm -hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then when I came home, I've gone into different stages of being in hospital, yeah. in different waves. So that first wave, like I said, I think I was just numb to the whole of what happened. What is that like? Like, what is that feeling when you are like post accident? Well, this is what I'm, where I fully stepped into being Soph. Yeah. Because Sophie Lee, the performer, was taken away. Yeah. So that's what I mean by like the, yeah. the breakdown of it. I know it sounds so crazy because even I would yeah. be like, what do you mean two people? It's not that I'm two people. No. It's just that for my own mental health, I have to detach from a life that isn't real. Like yeah. Sophie Lee life 
is not real. Sophie Lee Life is obviously doing shoots and things like that. Yeah. You know? Whereas Soph is the person that I am and the woman yeah. that I am. Yeah. And the person I want to be. And it's fully like, you know, a development um, yeah. within myself. Yeah. So my time in hospital in Chicago, it was a really dark time. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, a really, really dark time, especially as a woman, uh, a young woman at 22 years old. Yeah. I'm sure you, at 22 years old, you just want to be around your mates. Yeah, you yeah. You want to have, you know... Boys, be yeah, drinking. Yeah, yeah, boys. Yeah. Literally, I was like... You want to look the coolest, yeah. you want to be listening to the music, you want the guy to fancy you. Let's not you be want to be making us. mistakes and yeah. you want to be, you know, you don't want to be making mistakes, but in hindsight, yeah. you do. You, like, Yeah. Yeah. You, it's like you just want to live your life at that point, carefree. Yeah. Because, like, were you that young? Yeah. And I just was like, to the big guy upstairs, I was like, really? Me? April Fool's mm-hmm. Day? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Um, and I really, I'm not gonna lie, I really hated the world for a little while, like a little while. Yeah. Um, I'm, and to be truthfully honest, I think I carried a lot of that resentment and hate throughout that hearing, here, throughout that healing process. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to deal with that hurt. Yeah. Um, I just pushed the hurt away, mm-hmm. and I started to run away from myself and that hurt, which led to being really destructive. Um, and led how to, so to a point where I came back to England um, the tumour grew so big that so it was a keloid tumour it's benign but it's still treated as a cancerous tumour would because of the um, growth being so big mm-hmm. um, and because of where it was placed around my neck and face yeah. no surgeon wanted to operate or touch this case so and there is no cure for tumors, which is what I found out. Mm. So it was like I kept getting beat down. Um, during that time, I started to do what I wanted to do when I was 22. So I'd go out partying. I'd just be really reckless and destructive. This might be a really naive question to ask, but how? Like, because I think a lot of girls would have felt a level of insecurity Mm. um or just conscious or self-conscious or worried that an accident might happen again or fear or how how did you feel how what pushed you to so do you know when i was in hospital laying in that hospital bed for a month yeah it was torture yeah. Like, I was by myself. Obviously, I was led there. Couldn't move, couldn't do anything. So, like, yeah. when I made that decision to be like, I need to live life. Yeah. Um, even four days, like, after I came back from Chicago, I went to LA. And then I yeah. went to Vegas. I was with my girls. Yeah. And, and we had the best time. But I think I fell into the trap of being disconnected. Yeah. The whole thing of, I'm having a great time, turned into, I don't want to be here. Yeah, it turned into, I'm having such a good time and I value life to actually I prefer being here and being disconnected from life than I do with when I go home and it's silent and I'm sober. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the sober thoughts were deafening me. Yeah. Because they were my demons. 
Yeah. Whereas when I was, you know, going out drinking and partying and just being reckless, I didn't, ha- I, I wasn't responsible. Yeah. And I didn't have to think about those things. Yeah. It took my worries away. Yeah. And it, that's what I mean by it turned really self-destructive. Yeah. Um, so what changed? I think just one day I'd had enough because I'd got to a place where I didn't have a cure, nothing mm-hmm. like that. And and I was very hopeless at that time. Um, but luckily, the inventor of interlesional cryosurgery, which is a developing medical science, um, came forward as, you know, a kind of option for me, mm-hmm. if anything, my only option. Um, and how long was this after your accident? About just over a year. Okay. You had to be a case study. Now, I didn't really have a choice at this point. Yeah. Because the tumour was getting worse. I mentally was getting going off the rails. Yeah. I was slowly going crazy. Yeah. Um, on the outside, you think I was living my best life and just embracing life. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd switched off that vulnerable part of me. Yeah. So much that I just was constantly trying to be happy. Yeah, that's almost where the numbness comes in, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I had no choice. I said yes. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really, at that point, understand the magnitude of that responsibility. Yeah. And what that would bring to me as a person. Mm-hmm. And who that would develop me into. Um, and I went for cryosurgery. So they inject the tumour to minus 100 degrees with liquid nitrogen okay and the skin starts to die so the scar starts to die necrosis happens and it turns black okay and then it falls off so it's kind of like when you freeze off a wart mm-hmm. you know and it just one day just falls off yeah and then new skin forms underneath it's kind of like that okay um and so i had to have that the first round and that just i think ricocheted me into another episode of just being numb yeah because i'd just gone through so much yeah and with being the only person in the world going through this right now yeah yeah i couldn't turn around and be like so how was your face for you you know like yeah. how did that go for you because i had no one to turn yeah, to i yeah. had no answers yeah. and um the risks of this surgery was that it would come back worse yeah or there was death yeah. so i was like okay great <laughs> you know God. It was a lot to carry on my shoulders at 23. Yeah. Part of me is like in hindsight, like and how you are and feeling now and being content and being, you seem very present within yourself. Yeah. Part of me is like in hindsight, looking back, that's the scariest thing. But it sounds like at the time you were a bit like, I don't give a fuck right now what yeah, happens. Yeah, just preserve my own kind yeah. of like last bit of sanity. Yeah. I think I was just like, you know what, Help, I just yeah. surrender everything. Yeah. I surrender myself. Yeah. That's what I mean by like, that was so, f- yeah. because I was so vulnerable. I yeah. couldn't be Sophie Lee, I couldn't put that mask on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, f- me being you know kind of stripped away of everything i was mm. naked to the world if yeah. anything because i couldn't <clears throat> couldn't cover my face couldn't cover the yeah. tumor couldn't cover it it was there for everyone to see yeah um 
which I think triggered a lot of the things that I felt when I was younger because I didn't feel accepted. Yeah. And then again in my adult life, it's like, oh, this again. Yeah. Like I had so much online bullying. I had so much in the street staring at me. Mm-hmm. It was obvious. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't let it affect me, obviously. Like I yeah. wouldn't take a notice of it, but it affected me. Yeah, of course. Deep down. Were you posting on social at this point? Yeah. That's okay. when I started to share my journey. Okay. And as much as it really helped people and it did ease a lot of kind of my anxiety issues, it also opens a kind of worms to everyone else having yeah. been a troll to you, right? Yeah. So it was a good and the bad of everything. Yeah. Um, like I remember when it was Halloween one time and we're like, oh look, Freddy Krueger's loose. Like they let Freddy Krueger go loose. Like I just thought that is so nasty. Yeah. <laughs> like that is so mean. Or there's times where like, well, you play with fire, you should have died. Fuck. You don't deserve to live. That's just crazy, isn't it? I just mm. I don't know what drives people to do say like shit stuff like that. I it's I I think it's an insecurity within them. Mm. I think that I... But it's I've also not an excuse to... The people who hurt the most and love the most. Sure. I am probably... I've known that from my own experience. Yeah, me too, yeah. I was hurting so much that I just needed to be loved. Yeah. I've been so, like, destructive to myself. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of plodded along at that point. And yeah. I put on a brave face, like I'd still wear my bandages and go out and see my friends, things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I did take on the role as a party girl. Yeah, yeah. I became a party girl because I thought, well, this this got taken away at me. This got taken away from me at 22. Yeah. So now it's my time mm-hmm. to enjoy it. But not in a way where I appreciated those times. Yeah. And really, like, took those times for granted. Yeah. Um, And then I had to have a second round of surgery. So it was kind of like, oh, again. Again, like, yeah. There's things like I couldn't be in the sun at one point. Yeah. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't do normal things. I couldn't be a normal 23, 24-year-old. Yeah. So that was hard. Yeah. Um. And then as I recovered from my second round of surgery, um, that's when I went into a pandemic. And I lived by myself. Yeah. So my mental health just plummeted Yeah. Again. That's what I mean by it's just been such a hard battle. Yeah. So getting here to a place of contentment and peace. Yeah. Even though I don't have everything in the world. Yeah. Um, it's nice. Like, it's weirdly, oddly nice. Yeah. I think, I think, um, how do I articulate this? Mm-hmm. I think parts of your story are quite lucky unfortunate because you have a lot of perspective that a lot of people don't have yeah does that make sense yeah it's like sometimes i did just check myself was yeah i don't know if that's the right thing to say but do you know what i mean like a lot of people just take things for granted that just shouldn't be a given yeah like i am so grateful for every breath i take for Mm. every day that I'm able to wake up yeah because at one point I was trying to overdose on medication because I didn't want to wake up the only time that I felt at peace was when I was asleep yeah and I was just sleeping my life away yeah I was numbing a lot of the pain yeah whereas now it's like 
I had to have a really strong word with myself. Yeah. Between myself to be like, you carry on like this and you just let yourself down. Yeah. There's a reason you got given a second chance at life. There's a reason that you didn't die the day you were meant to die. Yeah. Or you were supposed to die because of something yeah. that could have took someone's life. What would have took someone's life? Yeah. So am I going to be that woman that disregards this opportunity to be a better person mm. and basically throw it back in my surgeon's face that I didn't take this opportunity and turn this into something better yeah. for not just myself, but everyone around me and yeah. people who were going through a dark time. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest insult I could have done. And I was doing that and it felt awful. It felt horrible. Yeah. It didn't feel good. Yeah. It felt really selfish. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like I knew I was doing things that were selfish. Yeah. Um, so during that time, it was like, that's when I had to become a lot more present. Mm-hmm. And I had to hurt bad to heal, yeah. properly heal. Yeah. And not medicate. Because I think I was medicating a lot. Yeah. So I was really. No, no, I'm. I'm literally like this is so thought provoking, and I'm a bit like, where to even begin? Because, (laughs) because people can't like they can relate to you, but not to the extent. And I think this is where it's so cool and interesting to hear your story because there's so many people that are feeling sorry for themselves or like. They're so lucky, but they don't see it. And I threw myself that pity party. Yeah. And I was... Yeah, but you had a really valid reason. I never wanted that pity party to end. Yeah. You know, because I was just like, if this is what it is, it's what it is. Yeah. But it took a lot of self-discipline to be like, one day, Soph, you need to sit the fuck down and look at yourself because you're a disgrace. Like, I felt so ashamed to Mm. even come onto my platform and have the audacity to then say, 
come on guys, like, let's be positive, let's do this. Yeah. When really, I was being so self-destructive. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. times when I'm there trying to be strong for people, but I wasn't strong for myself. Yeah. So I had to really sit down with myself and be humbled. How do you start to do that process? I feel like a lot of people are checking in with themselves at the minute, but how do you start to develop that because I think you've got to put yourself first, right? But how do you start to do that? I started to say no. Yeah. Things that you every day would think, oh, this is going to be good for me. This is not like going out. Yeah. I had to start saying no. Mm. Even though I was dying to go out. I yeah. was like, yes, I want to go out. No, because that's not going to help you. Yeah. That's, that's a weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. I had to look at my triggers and weaknesses. And a lot of people don't want to do that because it, yeah. it involves literally thrown away your ego yeah your ego wants to be stroked it wants to be praised yeah so going out and showing your face dressing up mm-hmm. they're very egotistical traits yeah. to if you're not in a good mental health space they can become very toxic yeah um and so i had to start saying no i had to you know tell people that i'm not good right now yeah. I had to admit yeah. that and say it out loud because in my head I knew I wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But the things that I was saying was like, let's do this, guys. We can be strong. And yes, I did mean those things in yeah. terms of let's be strong. But for my own mental health, it, it wasn't adding up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it, it wasn't adding up, mm-hmm. you know? The the strength wasn't strengthening. <laughs> like, yeah. It's almost like being a fraud to your own life, isn't it? Yeah. And I felt like that mm. because I hadn't talked about this. Yeah. It's only now I'm talking about the times when I was so self-destructive. Yeah, yeah. It, like on the outside, you think, she's living her life. Like, yeah. Yeah. And did you start, because obviously you were talking about it on socials and stuff, and mm. did you start to see a different reaction from people when you started to just step into who you are Mm -hmm. I felt like even for me it was so much more authentic yeah and I didn't have to be it's refreshing when you drop that shield isn't it yeah yeah it's like I'm happy to now in my life if something makes me feel insecure I'll say oh that makes me feel insecure but that's not a you problem that's a me problem yeah yeah so I need to work that out Mm -hmm. whereas before I would have been like "Mm, I don't know no yeah well really that's my insecurity speaking yeah bar the accident have you always been quite self-aware because a lot of people aren't see i'd like to say so because i'd like to say i'd say yes that i am but without knowing that it was being self-aware yeah like i've always been very conscious of my words and how they would hurt people because mm-hmm. of the way that some people's words have hurt me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. obviously now that look, that we talk about it now, that's being self-aware. Yeah, yeah. Whereas at that young age, it was just me being like, I don't want to be mean. Yeah. So I've always been very conscientious. Yeah. Um, it's just as I've got older, I've really like looked at who I am as in perspective yeah. and the woman that I want to be. And yeah. I think the real turning point was I want to be the role model that I needed when I grew up because I didn't have any role models. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's interesting. How have you how have you started to become that? Because obviously you do a lot of motivational speaking now and you do, um, you know, you do campaigns with amazing brands and mm. you do anti-bullying campaigns and all of yeah. that kind of stuff, which is amazing. How have you started to develop that? Like, how have you started to... Because also a lot of people find fear in doing stuff like that and it seems like you've just really stepped into who you are. Mm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so that's such a good question. I've never been asked that. Mm-hmm. I love that question. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just one day thought, fuck it. Like, fuck this. What have yeah. I got to lose? Yeah. I already lost everything at one point. Yeah, yeah. Like, at one point I was financially on my ass. Like, yeah. the worst position you could be. Yeah. Literally in debt. Yeah. So these followers, these this, this platform, this outer shell that people see of you mean nothing if yeah. you're not a good person and you're not true to yourself and working for what you want. The things yeah. that I was doing weren't fulfilling me. They weren't bringing me to elevate into my higher being. Yeah. Um, and when I, and I think so many people live that life. Yeah, because it's easy to. It's easy to live that life. Because it's, it's a lie, to, right? Yeah, and it's easy to not take accountability for your actions or your words because... Mm it's hard to say I'm wrong. Yeah. For some people, I was one of those people, it was hard for me to be like, that was my bad. Like, that's a me thing. Yeah. Whereas now when I'm being just myself, that has made me recognize that my faults and weaknesses can actually turn into my strengths. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't look at those, then there'll always be your weaknesses. But when you actually deal with those weaknesses you become a better version of yourself yeah and in turn you grow mm-hmm. um at the time do you realize that you're doing this stuff like do you realize you're working on your weaknesses or you just noticing like oh i'm not strong in this area and you're yeah. just doing it i think the part of me that was like i want to be the best yeah kicked, yeah kicked in. yeah because through this time i took on celibacy mm-hmm. i've just done oh, okay about a year and a half of celibacy now yeah why so the first time I did celibacy, I did it for two years. And that was when I just had my accident. So understandingly, I just wasn't in a good physical yeah. state. Like to yeah. even think about boys. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was the furthest thing from my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I've just done celibacy this time around, this was for me. This mm-hmm. was self-development. This was me being ready to step into who I am. Mm-hmm. And it was like stepping into who I am made me like, made me attracted to my purpose. Like my purpose found me. Because yeah. all these years I was trying to find my purpose. I was trying to find who I am. I was trying to push for something that was just so far away. Like I just wanted to fit in. I didn't yeah. want to be me. I wasn't accepting of being Chinese. I wasn't accepting yeah. of being the woman that I am and yeah. born in this world as and then until I surrendered all that and then just was me it's like my purpose found me and then I realized I'm good at communicating yeah um and I realized that my passion is to help people um and you know help people who are going through a dark time or who are silently going through something mm-hmm. so that brings me joy and that brings me fulfillment now. Yeah. 
it's so strange to come from an industry that's so self-centered yeah. to this place where I want everyone to be the best. Like yeah. I want everyone to be a yeah. winner. Yeah. What drove celibacy though? I was dating some low vibrational guys. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah. And even at that time, I think I was chasing low vibrational um, relationship aspects. Mm-hmm. So attention. Yeah. For me, attention was like, oh, he fancies me. Yeah. But does he value you? No. Yeah. Because he's just cheating on you. Yeah. He's just seeing other girls. You let him disrespect you. Yeah. You let him like until I realized that I had to turn my life around and set the tone for myself yeah. of how I expect to treat myself. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, when you meet someone new, they see how you you respect your own life yeah. and what you expect of yourself. And that puts them in a position of knowing how they can treat you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I was just like wild. Like yeah. I was just, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do that. Blah, blah, blah. No boundaries. Yeah. Now I have so many boundaries. That's so funny because I have just decided to stop dating and stop seeing guys. Yeah. And I, sh- I don't know if you can relate to this, but I struggle at work. I'm quite strong. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the most confident people you'll mm-hmm. meet in the office. Like I really back myself. I'm confident in my capabilities. Yeah. I manage and I think I'm Love a good that. manager. Outside with guys, I can be like a mouse, like That's the me. most timid thing. I'm shy. And I find it weird. So I've just taken, made a decision a few weeks ago to be like, this stops now because I don't want to, why am I presenting myself as this weird, tiptoey, when you're not brush over kind of girl when in every other aspect of my life I'm not? So for me, yeah, I think it was like one of my biggest insecurities was I've got a scar on my face, and yeah. these are all these cute girls, stunning girls that don't have a scar on the face. They're not going to hospital every week. They've not got health problems. I just felt like I wasn't worthy. So for me to find that worth again, I had to put that in myself. Yeah, good So then you. when a man comes to my life or I attract the right man, yeah, the standard is already set. Yeah, Because okay. now yeah. we're not going to accept anything less. Yeah. And if that is, then you got to scoot along. Yeah. Um, I think celibacy is really healthy. I think yeah, when I you agree. jump from relationship to relationship, you never actually fully get a chance to sit down and develop. Yeah. You're still carrying a lot of the traumas that were from your past relationship. Yeah. You but you're no longer in that chapter of your life. Yeah. So in order to be a better version of yourself, you need to enter this new chapter of your life by yourself. Yeah. To attract a better partner. Yeah. I also, th- there's something in that that's like um, the saying that um, is like, you know, you, it happens when you least expect it. And when you're least expecting it is when. I translate that for me when I'm working on me because I'm not expecting anyone to come into my life because this time is for me. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was me because when I was seeking validation Mm. and I was, you know, insecure within myself, any little drop of attention, I was like, oh my God, let's date. You don't even realise you're doing it though sometimes, do you? I had had, um, a girl on the podcast, Mm. um, so Fit Fitness, she's called, she was a, a few episodes ago, but... We were talking and she was like, I used to walk past a mirror and I used to check myself in it. I used to walk past a window and I used to check myself in it. I used to be pissed off if a guy didn't look at me and I was like, oh my God, I do that. And I've ne- I know that I do it, 
but she was like, that's a validation thing. Like you're seeking validation. And I knew that I was doing it, mm. but I never really put the two and two together. And it yeah. really just like shone a light in my mind. And yeah. I'm like, so many people do it, but don't. It's a self trigger. Yeah. It's like yourself. Yeah. It's like you're trying to stroke your own ego. Yeah. But really you're actually damaging yourself yeah. more. Because it, that love shouldn't come from an outside energy. Yeah. It should come from yourself. And yeah. you should emanate love. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. You um, We mentioned social media a second ago um, about like, not living a lie, but maybe not living your full truth. Like, mm. what's your thoughts on that? And what's your relationship with social media? I felt like at times it's helped me because it's allowed me to obviously just express myself. Mm-hmm. But also, like I said, it's become very toxic at mm-hmm. times. Um, so now that I've took this time to heal myself, I've got such a better relationship with social media. Like yeah. I don't really care about um, the things that I used to care about, which was yeah. what are you wearing? What have you got a handbag? Have you yeah. got the latest this and latest that? Now my content has changed completely. My content is more in like wholesome, I would say, yeah. to help others. Yeah. Um, and that brings me so much more joy. Um, it's a lot more authentic to me and yeah. what I want to do and yeah. who I am now. Yeah. Um, me posting the latest Jordans or this actually makes me cringe. Like I cringe yeah. at myself if I were to do that now. Yeah. What is your advice to someone who is, because I can, I work in influence marketing, but mm. I can imagine there are girls running around spending money they don't have on shit they don't need. That was me. Yeah. That was literally me. I was like, as soon as a pair of Jordans dropped, you bet your life I was running to that site. I was like, I need this. I need that. I'd be on StockX. I'm like, yeah. okay, so maybe if I go £100 into my overdraft, I'm yeah. just going to do this. Yeah. That was- For what though, do you know, like, it's silly, isn't it, when you think about uh, it? I look at it now and I'm just like, that was the most pointless shit I ever did in my life. Yeah. And... It made me sadder because yeah. it was a rat race to yeah. always get the best thing or to get the newest thing. When in hindsight, in life, there's always going to be a better thing. Yeah. There's always going to be someone better than you, younger than you, prettier than you, some materialistic things that are newer than you, more mm. expensive than you. Mm. Did, did you know what I mean? Everything yeah. that you have that's materialistic, there's always going to bring out the next thing. Yeah. Like, I just had to kind of one day stop because it yeah. was putting me into a a thing of why am I doing that yeah what am I doing that for what would you say to someone who's doing that now though who's listening to this and they're like don't know what I'm doing I'm with that money or feeling save lost it for a year or two it's gonna be hard but in a year or two's time you're gonna save that money you can invest it in something else and then you'll have the money to buy those means mm-hmm. without even looking at the bill yeah. like can you say something and it stuck with me if you can't afford it twice, you can't afford it at all. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that stuck with me because I'm like, okay, if I can't buy that twice or three times, yeah, I can't afford it. Yeah. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm poor. Yeah. <gasps> I love Kanye, can we just say? Yeah. He he did speak a lot of truth, but he just went about it a bit. I know he's controversial, but I like him. But yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, for me, I think like, why? Like, just ask yourself why you're doing it. Because if it's for yeah. status... 
oh, I'm in such two minds about this because I think it can drive amazing things and opportunities, mm-hmm. but also I think it makes a lot of people sad. Yeah, really sad. I've been on both end of the both ends of the spectrum. I think of chasing that life when I couldn't had couldn't afford it and I had yeah. no means to do that. To now, I have the means to do it, but I no longer chase it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Growth. Yeah, it is really funny, and it's like oh. The things I once wanted, I don't want anymore. Yeah. They're, in, they're not things that I would be like, oh, I need this. Yeah. If anything, it makes me sad that I'd be speaking like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about beauty. Yeah. Um, because this, the podcast was born from beauty essentially yeah. um it's kind of stemmed into like lifestyle mindset kind of relatable topics um that people think about on a daily but haven't spoken about it for ages mm. um like properly um but what's your perspective of beauty and i kind of want to go down the path of now versus then because okay. i think that's going to be an interesting conversation yeah one thing i've said so much that this journey is that beauty is only skin deep mm-hmm. because it took me losing my outer physical kind of beauty to realize that it's inside that is gonna make you feel beautiful yeah ultimately <clears throat> no matter how much makeup you put on your face no matter how much how much skincare you do whatever you do yeah it's not gonna fix who you are within and yeah. that's the true essence of you yeah you know um so my ideals of beauty now are way, way different to what they were when I was yeah. 22 or younger. That's why when I said to you, you know, I used to bleach my hair. Yeah. I used to bleach my hair. I used to dye my hair. I used to just do all sorts of things to change my my image. Yeah. Whereas now, I'm just happy being me. Like usually every yeah. day, in my everyday life, I don't wear makeup. I just wake up, I like to just be me mm-hmm. and allow myself to be me. Yeah. And not put that pressure on me to look a certain way. Yeah. Because what even is that? Who made that up? Yeah. Beauty's a funny one, isn't it? Because mm. I think I've spoken about it so much on here, but, you know, there's still a lot of editing photos and someone mm. said to me the other day, like, filters kind of came big and then they kind of started to filter out a bit. And now they're coming back. Mm. And I do, since she said that, I've noticed a lot more filtering and stuff. What's your relationship with like editing and stuff like that? So my view of editing is like, always edit a light or something like that. Because everyone wants to look the best in the certain light. You're not going to just put like the worst picture of yourself ever on. You just don't. I have a weird, well, I did used to, I used to hate social media because I used to think people were putting like, um, a version of their life that was elevated in a way that wasn't a reality. Mm. So like editing photos or being in an amazing bar, but actually you go for a drink that you shared with your friend because you actually can't afford to be there. And then you go to like a cheaper mm. bar. Do you know, like I used yeah. to think it was like that. And through doing this, like I'm so thankful I ever started this because it's taught me so much, but it's also made me really like social media and yeah. actually have a better relationship with it. Yeah. Right? Mm. And also like, I used to be someone who was so mad at it. Maybe out of jealousy, maybe out of insecurity, but like, do you know I used to be like, so why are you doing that? that? 
that's very self-aware mm. and that's growth but I never noticed itself. it until I started doing this like I just I've never grown out of it and I used to honestly hate it and I yeah. think it was insecurity but um and do you know what I think I take that back actually guys I take that back that you know you want to show the best version of yourself because actually I showed the worst version of myself I showed yeah. me at the worst part of my life yeah um literally the rawest of the raw like what what, what made you do that one was the fact that I decided to document this journey. Yeah. Because being a case study made me realize that this is a gift and not many people get given that chance yeah. to make a change. Yeah. So I wanted to honor that journey by documenting it. Yeah. Um, Did you have a following at that point? It was growing. Okay. It was really growing. Um, and so, yeah, I documented the whole thing and if anything it was all worth it because even though I did have to put myself out there in my most vulnerable times Mm -hmm. because of this journey and the story and you know how the success of the surgeries happened they've now put this surgery on the NHS yeah and incredible isn't it yeah like brought it forward to be a breakthrough in medical science and for Mm -hmm. me to be able to be a part of that you know now I don't regret yeah sharing what I did yeah so yeah take it back that you just want to share the the five minutes of that because I shared the most hardest times sometimes Mm -hmm. people maybe for me it was cry for help yeah maybe that was my well actually probably was my last resort of someone help me someone in the world help me yeah like I, I was in the dark so Sometimes the social media is an outlet of help. Mm-hmm. It's an outlet of, I don't have the courage to talk about it right now, but I just want to put something out there just to be like, yeah, can someone reach out? I think for a lot of people, it's validation as well. Mm. For sure. That was me. Yeah. I wanted to feel hot. I wanted to feel cute. Yeah. I wanted to know I still got it. Yeah. When do you go from actually wanting to feel hot to actually feeling hot? Like now I wake up, sometimes I go to the gym. <laughs> like if I'm at the shower, I'm naked. I'm like, he's sexy. <laughs> he looks sexy. Like, but that's a self-work, isn't like, it? Like, I feel good. Yeah. I'm like, even now I don't you. have a man, but yeah. I feel the best. I'm yeah, like, yeah. so if you come out like that today? Yeah. All right, love this. It's funny, isn't it? When you yeah. just start putting a bit of effort into you. Yeah. Because so at one point when I was in hostel, I told him to take all the mirrors down. Whereas now I'm like, girl, mm. all right, okay. Yeah. You with that. Yeah. I'm like, it's such a healthier relationship. Yeah. And I know it's coming from a place of like, I feel it. Yeah. Not I'm just saying it. Yeah. You know, like it's weird. Yeah. It's such a weird thing to feel to explain. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. When yeah. someone feels good about themselves or looks good i'm like yeah you look good yeah yeah you fucking look good whereas yeah. i think the old me would have envied them yeah and it, if anything was a me problem not a yeah. them yeah i totally agree it's mm. totally a me problem yeah and it i think once you realize that that's actually your own insecurities and nothing to do with anyone else you will live so much more of a fulfilled life mm-hmm. yeah um where does your strength come from and i'm asking because I feel the whole way through, you're almost like a force, but without being 
like aggressive with it. I don't know if that makes sense. So like, I don't know, like you were saying about like being bullied at school and then obviously you went through trauma and then even at dance school Mm. and like there's a resilience, like there's a pattern of resilience and a pattern of strength. And obviously now you're like your career is blowing up and and all of this stuff's happening and opportunities are coming your way. Like where does your strength come from? You've been through a lot. It's been a fucking ride. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, listen, (laughs) I got dealt the shittiest cards, but they were lucky the best cards. Well, I was going to say. There were a lot of cards. Yeah. There were a lot of cards to handle in one hand at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I think I'm just so like in a place of gratitude mm. that I want people to feel how I feel yeah. and I want people to feel empowered by themselves. Yeah. I don't want you to feel empowered by me. Yeah. I want that empowerment to come from you Yeah. so then no one can take your empowerment away from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. I feel like um, that's almost like complimenting someone because they look good yeah. and like it's, it's, I think you said it earlier, like giving out what, what you want to receive. Do you know, like, being kind leads yeah. to people being kind, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, I don't really want to be a shitty person because, like, it'll make me feel shit Yeah. now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, like, I was that person and it didn't make me feel good. Yeah. If anything, it just made me feel like I'm not being true to myself. Yeah. Because that's not who I am. Yeah. Um. And also, like, every time I think, for me, I want to prove myself wrong. I want to show myself that I can do it. Yeah. And my dreams are limitless now. Yeah. My dreams are limitless and my, like, I know I'm, a, I'm my hardest critic. I'm like yeah. really harsh on myself because I expect a lot from me, yeah. but that's because I know that I can do that. Yeah. So I'm so passionate now mm-hmm. to help others feel that. Yeah. Like, I sometimes want to shake people like, there's so much life to live. Come yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go live it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that energy sometimes not be might not be for people, but that's because yeah. they're in a different journey of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if I looked, I took a step back and my journey, my energy now may not have aligned with my journey back then. Mm-hmm. I would probably been like, if I met me, I would have been like, whoa, you're a lot. Yeah. But some people who are ready to learn or want to be around this energy then it's right. Yeah, right. That's yeah. why I don't, I don't really hate anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't hate anyone and I don't resent anything that I've done yeah. because at that time it made me happy and if anything, I learned from it. Mm-hmm. I've grown from it and I've accepted that, okay, maybe they were going through something. Maybe yeah. that was meant to happen or maybe I didn't handle the, this relationship right because there's yeah. probably been sometimes in my personal life, I speak about now obviously celibacy Maybe I was that narcissist person. Maybe I was the fucking bitch. I can relate to that, yeah. Maybe I was the crank. That's why it didn't work. Yeah. So me taking time out now, it's made me realize, okay, I need to stop being like that. I need to not be so pushy or not be like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's weird because um, you, you, as a human being, we automatically box something. You're this and you're that and you're this. But yeah. we never look at ourselves and think, that was actually really narcissistic of me. Yeah. And that was really selfish of me. Yeah. We have such a blame culture, don't we? Yeah. And I'm guilty of it. Like, mm. I'm not going to lie. There's probably been yeah, some same. times where I've gaslit people. Yeah. 
low-key manipulated people but i've not intentionally done it it's just the way that my words have come out mm -hmm. that is manipulation yeah. or i've made someone feel bad for something that i shouldn't have made them feel bad for yeah and i can only now apologize to you know myself and them mm -hmm. for being like that but yeah. obviously in order to not be like that i have to learn and i have to sit down myself and grow from it yeah yeah it's it's a weird one isn't it because mm. i think also, especially on the relationship front. Mm. And also, I find it with friends a bit like, yeah. who can trust who? Yeah. What's everyone out for? And there is a bit of that, especially with guys at the minute. Yeah. I feel like women are being a lot more forceful in like their intentions. But then that's well, also like leaving why... guys like, what's going on? Like, I've really thought about this because I've thought, okay, my relationships haven't worked why have they not worked? What do I expect from a relationship? How can I expect this relationship and high value man when I am not in a high value mindset right now? Yeah. This man is not going to want to deal with my bullshit. Yeah. They're just not. Like, yeah. I'm not either. Yeah. Like, if I was a naggy bitch wife, yeah. I'd literally be like, Next. yeah, you know? Yeah. It's almost, I've been in a situation more recently where I've just been doing stuff that's like, pet. I'm the least, like, I hate gossip. I'm not petty. Yeah. I'm so laid back. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like going out of my way to make this guy's life a pain in the ass. For what? And I was like, and I came out it of it. And you I was stressed on it. Yeah. Because you're like, this is not me. Why am yeah. I doing this? Yeah. All a bit weird. Mm, yeah. But that's good that you've took this time out mm. to realize that that wasn't maybe a you problem yeah 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 um so this is why i say you know girls expect so much of men but you're not stepping in correct yeah you like i'm not coming correct to attract this man and expect these things from you yeah i'm expecting you to obviously do this x y and z but if i'm not doing that myself in my own life yeah how can i then all of a sudden my life expect my life to change because a man's in it yeah i should already be doing these things like being financially stable, having, you know, hobbies, having interests yeah. and not being, you know, self-destructive, not being toxic mm -hmm. and living my life how I'd expect an, a relationship to emulate. Yeah. So a man would then naturally fit into that. Yeah. Whereas when you're trying to look for these things, you scramble at the first thing that kind of sort of somehow a little bit doesn't really fit into yeah. that, but you like the attention. And then you, you wonder why I mean? your relationship is like tiring and exhausting. Me, it drained me. Yeah. Like I became someone I wasn't. I didn't like it. It mm. was beating me down. Mm -hmm. I was obviously letting these boys, men, boys, um, <laughs> treat me like this. Yeah. So obviously I have to level up my life and level up my my the expectations of myself yeah so when i do meet these next men or whatever there's already a standard that's been set without yeah. me even having to set the tone yeah i like that i like that's really interesting mm. yes. i think it will just help you so much because obviously you're going through such a growth journey yeah and it's so nice to see that you're um like acknowledge it you're like acknowledging mm. it yeah. And not just seen as like, well, fuck guys, I'm by myself for a little while, whatever. Yeah. It's I've never been a hater of guys, you know. I've not. Never. I've just, I just don't see the point in it. I just think 
okay, our energy just didn't align. Yeah. We just weren't right for each other. And that's yeah. that. Cool. Mm. There's going to be times where I'm going to be like, okay, I'm a bit jealous. Yeah. But I'll say that I'm going to be jealous, actually. Yeah. I also spend a lot of time trying to, if you look into the psychology of like guys' minds and stuff, it's yeah. so, in, like we think so differently. So differently. Like it's, like we do live in a different era now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think us as women, we expect so much from the other mm-hmm. because, you know, apparently from the moment we're born we are born to find our other half yeah when that isn't the case Mm -hmm. and we've come into the era now where there is a lot more female boss bosses you know independent women women who are making good money doing Mm -hmm. their own thing and so in a way we've stepped up our masculine energy Mm -hmm. and forgot that it's our female energy that attracts masculine energy that's so interesting because i a big part of the reason why i've just decided to just pause on it a little bit is to because i was like where is my feminine energy i actually don't know where it is right now and that comes from being alone Mm. because you step into your own like this is the essence of me this is my love language this is what i'm gonna do for hubby these are things i enjoy yeah i love my body loving your own body is a feminine energy trait Yeah. You know, when a guy, to me, or anyone really loves their own body, I Mm. think, yeah, you're confident in yourself. Yeah. You're feeling your own energy right now. And that is such an attractive trait to me. Yeah. Obviously, not in an arrogant way where you're putting other people down, Mm -hmm. but just when you're confident in your own body and you share that confidence with others by making them feel good. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I haven't asked you, and it might be a really personal question, so tell me if I'm overstepping the line. No. Your scar. Yes. What has your relationship with it been? My relationship with my scar has been a love-hate roller coaster at times, mm-hmm. and still will be, and yeah. will forever be. Yeah. Um, there's times where I love my scar because there's days when I'm the lowest of the low, but looking at my scar reminds me that without this scar, I may not be here. Yeah. And there's days sometimes where I'm insecure about my scar and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always, everyone's always going to have those insecurities. Yeah. And it's just knowing when to love yourself a little bit more Mm -hmm. on those times. Yeah. Um, And I've come to find that within myself. I know what to do. I know like sometimes... It'll be, I just need to text a friend and say, I'm just feeling a bit shitty today. So like, bear with me. Yeah. I'm going to get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think with the whole relationship thing, um, me being confident in my own body was a lot to do with being confident in my scar. Okay. And how I wear my scar. Yeah. Because ultimately I see it as I wear it, not as I've got it. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. wear it with pride. Yeah. I want to wear it with confidence because it means so much to me and there's yeah. so much behind it. Yeah. Um, Like, it's like I tried my whole life running away from people being, looking at my differences and my face and, mm-hmm. you know, my race and how different I look. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I was given a scar. So now it's even yeah. more drawn to me. Yeah. But I've had to learn and come into loving it. Yeah. It's so weird. 
I guess it's a part of your identity. And I guess, I think we touched on it earlier, but a big part of who you are is, I don't want to say your trauma, but that it's Mm. like how you've taken that and how you've allowed it to manifest into something bigger and a purpose. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's part of it as well. I guess I'm like, it's like I was running away from my purpose the whole time. And then mm-hmm. when I was literally down in the dumps with despair, mm-hmm. the purpose came to me. Yeah. And I just allowed it to happen. Yeah. I think, like you said, a lot of people run away from what they truly are meant for because yeah. they're scared. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of vulnerability to get to that place. Yeah. To be comfortable within yourself. Yeah. You've got to break down those barriers. You've got to do the hard work. You've got to cry. You've got to eat that Ben and Jerry's like your life depends on it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You've got to fill up that rosé like it's no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like you've got to go through all those phases and yeah. it's okay to do that. Like girls, it is okay to be a slob. Yeah. Oh my God. So much benefit comes from lolling around, you know. I used to be someone yeah. who used to feel guilty for like laying on the couch, eating ice cream, eating chocolate or whatever. And I used to hate myself for it for days. And I, I, like, I was always on the go. And I just burnt myself out. out. And then you hate yourself more because you're like, yeah. I'm burnt out. Yeah. I'm ill. Why yeah. am I ill? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, taking time is so important. Yeah, it is. Because if you're not good, then you're not good. Yeah, I agree. One thing we didn't ask mm-hmm. is, um, you <laughs> talked about at the beginning, um, about being content. And you always thought you, that you wanted to be happy. Yeah. Just unravel that. Like how... I feel like my idea of happiness was like, when I was, what, 10 years old. Okay, by the age 25, I'm going to have a house. I'm going to be with a husband. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have this. I'm going to be... Da, 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 da. And it's definitely not that. Mm-hmm. At 25 years old, I was with a glass of wine, drinking rosé and eating Ben and Jerry's and crying. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And watching every Netflix documentary you could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like I was trying to chase contentment by yeah. doing more when really I had to just do less. Yeah. Was <laughs> that weird? No, no. It was no. so weird. Like I was doing the most. Yeah. And by doing the most, it brought me more chaos. Yeah. By doing less, it brought me more peace and yeah. more clarity. Yeah. And I that, think a lot of people do that. Like they run around like headless chickens trying to be things. someone or get somewhere. Yeah. Go on a thousand dates yeah. to meet a guy. Like do a hundred job interviews to get the job. Like it's just yeah. overkill. It is. And you, when you force something, your energy is not right. Your mm. energy's not there with pure intentions. Your yeah. energy's there with a motive to get something. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you just allow yourself to be, mm-hmm. you attract what you're ready for at that moment in time. Yeah. Like I probably wouldn't have been ready for this job as someone who is a public speaker yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Because mentally I wasn't in this headspace thinking clearly. Yeah. I would have been given the wrong advice. I would have been, if anything, given toxic advice. Yeah. And I wouldn't have attracted the right opportunities from this yeah. if anything I might have ruined my career yeah. so everything comes to you when you allow it when your energy and your headspace is in the correct the correct space yeah ultimately I love that um okay so final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty my version of beauty is being fully present and happy in a moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's not 
anything that you can see it's mm-hmm. something you feel mm-hmm. and yeah being fully present in a moment and just enjoying that moment for yourself yeah that to me is beautiful I love that thank you thank and thank you. you for taking the time and being vulnerable because I think it's been a really interesting conversation so thank, thank you. you and thank you for giving me your time and energy and allowing us to have such a real raw yeah. conversation and Thanks. just yeah if you like this episode hit subscribe and leave us a review ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.